Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ray, when did Joe Montana become like a little bit of a bitter guy? I mean, bitter or just old? Is there a difference? Yeah. You don't have to be both. You choose to be. I was bitter when I was young. My age has nothing to do with this. So when do you think it happened in Montana? Uh, well, give me the example you're trying to cite, and then I'll tell you. So Joe Montana is on Mike Silver's Volume podcast and was basically saying that the 49ers should stick with James Garoppolo as their quarterback. I start Jimmy. How many games has Jimmy won? You know, for the longest time, yeah, the questions were out with Jimmy for a while, but the one thing he's been able to do is win games for those guys, and I can't say the same for Trey, right? You don't know that from him. So, you know, this is me. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't go down there. I don't hang around down there. So this is just my thoughts. You, you start the guy who's won all the games for you, right? You got to figure out the backup situation with Trey. Is Trey know the offense well enough, or is he meant for that offense or not? And I think that's the biggest decision they have. But me, I don't think it's. I don't think it's hard. I think you just start Jimmy. Uh, did you watch the year, Joe? Because literally, the question isn't even about Trey Lance or Jimmy anymore. It's Brock Purdy. And if winning percentage is enough for you, if how many games did you win with that guy is really how you're measuring things, how about won every game with him that he was able to start and finish? Would you like a winning percentage of 100? Because that's Brock Purdy's winning percentage when he's allowed to start and finish a game. He has not lost yet. So come on, Joe. Like, seriously, to let you know that he's still grinding an old axe, here he is continuing with Mike Silver. There's nothing against Trey, but he just doesn't have the game experience underneath them to have. And they got a good team. They had a good defense. They had a good offense. I mean, you handed a guy a team sort of like somebody else I know got handed a good team. <laughs> so, other <laughs> than 2 and 14 when I got. So, um, they, uh, you just. You know, you got to go with the guy who's been winning the games and, and gets the offense and go from there. All right, so that would be Brock Purdy again. And he takes a shot at Steve Young. That's the part that's a little disconcerting. I didn't hear that part of his remarks. He gets to have an opinion about Garoppolo. I don't have a problem with that. He's got the wrong one, but okay, continue. No, 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 no. You have yours, he has his. This is America. He gets to have his vote. Sure. The 
the Steve Young thing, I'm surprised he's still holding on to that. But it won't keep me awake tonight. I mean, it just, it's, you know. It's obviously keeping Joe up a little bit still. Well, it's keeping him, it's keeping him engaged in interviews where Steve Young isn't really involved. But, you know, I'm sure he never wanted to leave San Francisco for Kansas City, and he had to. So, you know, hold whatever grudges you want. Brandon Ayuk was on a uh, a show with Brad Graham. Who's Brad Graham? <laughs> of the SF Niners. Friend of the show. He's been on our show before. Brad Graham's been on this show. Yeah. Not with me. No, he has. It was a Larry Kruger special. With Larry hosting for me that day? I don't remember bringing mm-hmm. on Brad. 95% sure it was about you. I don't know. I don't remember him, but... I don't think it's I don't think it's salient. Anyway, Brandon Ayuk was on with Brad Graham of the SF Niners. And here's what he had to say about the upcoming Super Bowl. I got the Chiefs. I think uh they got their hands full. I don't know I don't know um fully about that defense. I don't know. I, they talk about them being a good defense. I'm not too sure. I'm not I'm not sure. I think I think the pass game um this Kansas City pass game will uh Expose what we thought we were going to be able to expose um, before some unfortunate circumstances happen. So we'll see. Here's the deal, Brandon Ayuk. I know that you know you don't want to go picking the Eagles after they were just able to get away with what they they did against you. But I, I agree with like. Here's the thing: the world likes the Eagles. I mean, we've been making money fading the public in the world all year long. I like the Chiefs on Sunday. I gotta be honest. I've liked the Chiefs in every game that they've played since Patrick Mahomes became their starter. <laughs> uh, the Eagles might have the better team. I think Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. He's got the better coach, and he's just—he thrives for these moments. Uh, he, Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem to care that the Eagles might be the better team. How many legs is he going to have to stand on? One seems to be enough. I mean, if he had one leg to go on. Uh, against Cincinnati, he's got two weeks to grow the other one back before the Super Bowl this Sunday. I, I like, I like the Chiefs, Ray. I'm like, I'm on Team Ayuk over here. I like the Chiefs. Okay, I mean, I don't. I think Philadelphia will make it as hard as any team can make make it for Mahomes. And if their receivers aren't healthy, I think Mahomes might have a hard time overcoming a defense that is as good as Philadelphia's. I mean, one of the things that this Chiefs team had when it was healthy is it had a multitude of targets for Mahomes. So when he rolled out on one of his sort of exploratory scrambles, he had three or four options all the time. Against Cincinnati, he had Kelsey and maybe one other guy. He only had three healthy receivers of any kind for most of that game. Yeah, he was throwing to guys who had more special teams tackles than catches on the year. Yeah, so... And it still worked. It still worked against Cincinnati. I think Philadelphia is a much better team than Cincinnati. That's how much I believe in their defense. And I think... Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the result. I probably will bet the under. And it looks like everybody else in the world is betting the under, too, because it's coming down from 52 to 50 and a half now. But... I think Philadelphia is the Rubik's Cube that nobody can can solve. But the only guy that, who could is probably Patrick Mahomes. So I haven't developed a real firm opinion about who I think is going to win. 
But if you're making me do it now... We're not making you do it now. All right. We'll make you do it on Friday. By the way, the uh, this is right from the AP. The Super Bowl is indeed advertising's biggest stage with advertisers jockeying to get their products in front of more than 100 million people that watch every year. Mark Evans, the executive vice president of ad sales for Fox Sports said, and he's very happy, more than $7 million is being asked for for a 30-second spot. Most have been sold between 6 and $7 million, and they basically they got to sell out, Ray. They've sold out the Super Bowl inventory. Anheuser-Busch remains the biggest advertiser. They bought a grand total of three minutes. It's many millions of dollars. Uh, the beverage giant did give up its deal, though, to be the exclusive alcohol advertiser this year. So that means... Heineken, Remy Martin, Molson Coors are also going to be advertising in the big game. Coors should bring back the Antwins just to piss off all of America. Yeah, because that's what you want to do when you're putting an ad out before 90 million people. Get them talking about you, Ray. That's all that matters on a Monday morning. Other big categories of advertising include Doritos, M&M's with their... There's nothing to that Maya Rudolph campaign that they've got going on right now. And I like Maya Rudolph. Movie studios lining up to advertise. Streaming services lining up to advertise. Automakers, tech companies. But one is not. We're about to have a crypto-free Super Bowl. Well, as I said we earlier, a, we have a crypto-free country. So. We, we, we sure do, pretty much. But think of all the crypto that you saw last year. And in one year, that bubble burst so much, it went from four different companies jockeying to Matt Damon telling you the future favors the bold <laughs> to this. The future does not favor the bold. No. Not this year. It also doesn't favor Sam Bankman-Fried, who's going to do hard time for a number of years for his part in this scam. Six months slap on the wrist. I don't think so. I think when you steal that much money... I mean, Bernie Madoff got 15 years. This is way worse than that. But allowing for the fact that our judicial system is a pie fight, I'd say 10. Seven with good behavior. But he will do multiple years. I mean, he deserves them. Oh, he, de he deserves to be making little rocks out of big rocks until he's 150 years old. <laughs> so... At least we're not going to have to sit through any of those commercials during the Super Bowl. Ray, are you making Super Bowl plans? Will you watch it at home? Will you go to a bar? Will you be with... Do you have friends? No. No. Uh, I won't go to a bar. Why would you go to a bar to watch a game you can watch at home? Why would you pay $12 for a beer when you can buy 20 of them for about the same amount? Somebody, some people enjoy uh, camaraderie. Well, they're morons. Well, I mean, that's just, just flushing money down a toilet tied to a brick. Why would you do that? I've been to Super Bowl parties before, but I wouldn't go to a bar to see the Super Bowl. That seems nonsensical. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless you really like that bar and you and your friends are going. And that's where you're going to get some wings. You can it, have that all delivered, sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's what DoorDash is for. There's absolutely no reason to be at a bar on Super Bowl Sunday. We have a lot of people here encouraging uh, hard labor. 
they don't want Sam Bankman freed uh, in, 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 in some white-collar prison. They want him in a federal pound-you-in-your-you-know-what prison. <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, well, you no, know. I, I mean, I'd be fine with him lifting tractor motors up a muddy hill for 50 years. That'd be I'm, good. I'm okay with that. That would be good. I mean, he wouldn't be the only one I'd want in that line. But since we're just talking about crypto... He'd be he'd be he'd be on that list. I'd have no problem sentencing him to whatever the max could be. Someone here, Ray, is willing to come to your house and make you wings for free. Five one zero. So it's, you know they're on your side of the bridge. Not a chance. No. I listen. It took me all weekend to take the numbers for my address off my house so that the mailman can't find me. <laughs> An address-free dwelling. I'm unincorporated. Bold move. Bold move. I, I, I love that you've annexed your own part of Alameda. We're working on a flag right now. <laughs> it's it's a, a middle finger on a field of middle fingers. It's, yeah. It's going to be a glorious flag. Yeah. Go away in the original Latin. Oh, I wonder what that would even sound like. Uh, we have... Bad news for Warriors fans with Steph Curry and his current situation. Out a month, it feels feels realistic. Knowing what the Warriors' timeline is on all of their injuries, you can take whatever they're telling you and add a week or two. And Curry is out at least a few weeks. 16 days at the very least would have him coming back after the All-Star break. That's how many days we got. Uh, if he's out through the month of February, he's going to miss a grand total of nine games Curry's absence, is it going to affect how the Warriors act at the trade deadline? I asked Steve Kerr very matter-of-factly. Well, the question's even included in the soundbite, so I'll just roll it. And I just want to make sure that I've heard you correctly. We don't want to misquote you. You believe the Golden State Warriors can repeat as NBA champions, as built tonight. Yeah, 100%. That is uh, absolutely something I believe, and, and that's that's what we're working on. That's the plan. I appreciate that. I don't know how much truth there really is to it. Maybe they still have that capability. Maybe they really can walk into the playoffs right off the street. Doesn't even matter what the seed is. And because it's the playoffs, we turn back into the Golden State Warriors the pumpkin once again becomes a carriage. And what do you know? Everything's going to be fine after all. Their team regular season does not matter. We cannot get inspired to play regular season basketball. But if you think they're not quite that team and they're going to have to do a deal, Tim Kawakami today basically measured out why no deal is probably going to find the Golden State Warriors ahead of this trade deadline. They basically... They can't trade this year's first-round pick. They don't have their pick in 2024. That got flipped to Memphis to take on Iguodala's contract. They cannot trade their 2025 first-round pick. They also don't have or can't trade their second-round pick this year to New Orleans. They've moved that for Smilagich all the way back in 2019. They don't have a second-round pick in 2024. That was moved up to get Eric Paschal in 2019. They don't have a second-round pick in 2025. That was included in the Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, uh, excuse me, D'Angelo Russell sign and trade. Uh, they don't have a second-round pick in 2026. That was used to get Omari Spellman, believe it or not, back in 2019. 
all of that 2019 activity was directly related to the sign and trade and the the sign and trade of Kevin Durant and the departure and all of the restructuring that they had to do. So there's not a lot of picks to play with. People have said, okay, then fine. What about trading Jordan Poole? What about trading Andrew Wiggins? Well, you can't trade Andrew Wiggins after signing him to an extension just less than six months ago. Salary cap rules make it almost nearly impossible to trade Jordan Poole because his new contract extension hasn't even started yet. Oh, and there's this, as Tim points out. They don't really want to trade Wiggins or Poole. So there's that on the table. Well, then what about some of the young guys? What young guy has any trade value on this team other than Jonathan Kaminga, who is on the we'd rather not side of any trade discussion? That leaves you with James Wiseman or Moses Moody. Neither of those guys has any real trade value right now unless you were to find the one NBA team that said, yeah, we don't care that they are non-entities in the league yet. We still think their promise is so much we'll be willing to make a deal for either one of those guys. And the poo-poo platter of draft picks that you might have left. And even if you were able to find that dance partner, who are you dancing for? Who is that player? Any of those players getting flipped for Jared Vanderbilt, much less a real difference maker like Alex Caruso? I don't think so. I think the Warriors team that you were looking at the night Steph Curry got hurt is the same Warriors team you'll be looking at on Friday morning. I don't think they do anything. Even if they wanted to do anything, I don't know if they can. I don't think they can. I mean, because... The thing you said about who's the guy who's going to make the difference that changes their fortunes. I don't think he's out there. Certainly not at the price the Warriors can meet. I mean, Jared Vanderbilt would be a nice piece, but other teams view him as a nice piece, too. OG and Obi would be a great piece. Go Hoosiers. There's no reason to do that. Um, you know, Alex Caruso, sure. There's a bunch of guys who could help the Warriors, but... These guys are all being coveted by other teams, too, that have actual sort of flexible payrolls and assets that they can deal with. Uh, the Warriors don't. I mean, they, this, this, the team's on the floor, like you said before. That's what it, it's... No, if you sleep through the entire trade, trade deadline all the way till, what is it, noon? Is that when it expires? What, uh, 3 o'clock Thursday? Is that it? I think so. I think it's 12 here, right? Okay. Yeah, you'll miss nothing. I mean, unless you care about a team other than this one. I don't think they, I don't think they can do anything meaningful. I don't think they will. Warriors have five games remaining before the All-Star break. They've got Oklahoma City in town tonight. By the way, since we flipped the calendar to 2023, Oklahoma City is first in offensive rating, first in net rating, first in points per game, first in three-point percentage. So there is no easy task coming in with a young Thunder team tonight. Um, you got OKC tonight on Tuesday. They're at Portland, so back-to-back. On Saturday, the Lakers come to Chase Center. Next week, Monday, they've got the Wizards on town. And then Tuesday, February 14th, they're at the Clippers. Then it's the All-Star Week. The All-Star Game is Sunday, February 19th. That will give Steph Curry and his teammates all a week off. It's a very important week for Steph, you would imagine. And then their next game after the All-Star break is February 23rd at the Lakers. So we'll see when Steph is back and how much water can this team tread until Steph is back. We started counting with 35 games remaining. 
we've officially played six of those 35 games, which Ray, I'm not a math major, leaves us with 29 to go. And we said, look, in their 17 remaining road games, they got to go at least 5 and 12. Well, they're 1 and 2 so far on the road in this remaining schedule. In their 18 home games, they got to go at least 14 and 4. Well, they're 3 and 0 with a chance to go 4 and 0 tonight. The Warriors basically need to win out at home or turn into something they have not been at any point this season on the road. And if they come in three games over 500 in the remaining 35 games, that gives them a 19 and 16 record, which get them to 42 and 40 on the year. And that ain't great. Having said all that, it could still mean a four seed in this weird Western Conference. I mean, that's and that's the thing that a Warrior fan has to hang his or her hat on. It's that nobody's pulling away from this. Um, Sacramento. I mean, if. If Tim Legler is right and Dallas is pr- primed to make a move and the Clippers are primed to make a move, you know, then maybe the equation changes. But I've seen no evidence through 50-plus games that either of those teams are ready to make a move. Maybe Sacramento slips and falls back to the pack. That's certainly possible. But third is the absolute highest they can hope to go. Unless Memphis melts down, which... Seems to be something they're considering these days. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But I, th- but I think it, you have to decide ultimately when you're painting this scenario how unbeatable is Denver? Because they're the best team. And there's not a lot of debate in that. They are, but they don't scream unbeatable on any level to me. Well, then the next question becomes can the Warriors beat them? Can they win four times in Denver? I don't see that either going to be hard with them having home court there's no doubt asked straight up like steve what are you and bob going to be talking about between now and the trade deadline he basically told us don't expect much to happen and this was before the curry injury bob and i will definitely sit down you know probably early early in the week just to go over um whatever's happening whatever's out there if there is something out there or not and he'll fill me in on that and and then you know we just I, I go back and do my job and he does his and that's about it so i mean generally we we haven't had we had the one big one for for wigs a couple of years ago at the trade deadline other than that we've had very quiet uh, trade deadline periods and and so i don't really expect anything to happen i don't anticipate anything happening but you always have to be prepared for it there you go so Right from the horse's mouth. Uh, look, uh, to without a smooth segue, kind of change subjects here just for a little while longer. Ray, um, you and I got a few things in common. We both used to work across the street. You ever get involved in a fan fest or two in your days? I attended two as a reporter. Okay. I found that to be a colossal waste of time. Well, then you weren't sitting in the right place where you can maybe grab a sandwich with a guy and have a little off the record. But I'm not surprised you you have an incredible ability to screw things up. Well, I... I, off the record doesn't help me much. Fair enough. I, I need guys to say things that I can use. Uh, I was asked, like... How happy are you that you don't have to go be a part of FanFest? 
I'm 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 not happy about that. I, I liked FanFest when I was over there. It was a chance to get back into a ballpark I love being in. It was a chance to say hello to a bunch of fans and listeners, and it was a chance to kind of walk around, meet some of the new guys, catch up with some of the older guys on the team, and just gauge a little bit of what you thought of the upcoming baseball season. Well, they just had FanFest over this last weekend, and it was poorly attended. I saw Susan Slesser basically say they were expecting between around seven to 10,000. I had people letting me know that there's no way there's like five or 6,000 people in here, which means probably between 2,500 and 4,000 actually showed up. Now, I had worked FanFests in the past that have happened on terrible rainy days. And there's still been 20,000 people just all jammed into the concourse level or on the club level, still trying to get around Q&A stages and so on and so forth. So I know what a bad weather fan fest looks like and what the crowd looks like under those circumstances. Ray, it didn't look anything like the circumstances that we just saw over this past weekend. That was more than bad weather. That was an entire fan base going... For who, for what? For who are we showing up to meet? For what are we going to go out of our way on this lousy day to get excited about a team that is basically being delivered to us as unexciting of a product as we've seen in a decade? I think there was a little fan mutiny, if you don't mind me saying. I don't know if it's a mutiny. I think it's, though, it is massive disinterest. And that's how the Bay Area votes its disapproval. They won't go to a place and boo you, but they will stay home. So they're saying it with empty chairs. And if the if the crowd is as you say it was, that's a, that's a statement. By the way, as if Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto weren't enough veteran outfielder for you, Ray. Oh, I'm pleased to tell you that there is another move up Farhan's sleeve, and he made it. Stephen Piscotti. You ready? You ready for the Piscotti era? Sure, why not? Giants and Team Piscotti have a minor league contract that includes an invite to Scottsdale. He can earn a million dollars if he reaches the major leagues. He's 32 years old. He obviously started off with the St. Louis Cardinals before working a trade to Oakland to be with his ailing mother as she was passing away from uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. It was a, a touching story and, you know, maybe one of the last beautiful things to happen over in Oakland in terms of that baseball team. Uh, in 2017, he had a career year with the A's. However... After that, Ray, he fell off a cliff. He's only played in 252 games over the last four seasons. And in 2022, he managed only five home runs while hitting a buck 90 in 42 games before being released in August. And he was like an actual paid major leaguer for them. You know, the A's aren't in the business of paying a guy his $7 million salary unless he's actually in the lineup. They let him go because he had that little left to offer. And they still paid him. So... You know that you know John Fisher probably didn't sleep a wink after that happened, or maybe he slept like a baby since he really doesn't care one way or the other. I don't know. All I can say is, as I am kind of making fun of this deal, it's a completely riskless deal that's not going to deliver a major reward to the Giants. 
But this deal is about as far on as a deal can get if you really think about it. I mean, it truly, truly is. It's riskless. It doesn't cost much money. And honestly, even though I'm kind of doing a crapping on it, laughing at it segment, I'll be the first to admit that Stephen Piscotti resurfacing with his head back above water is a pretty good 25th, 26th man on a baseball team. Oh, no, it's a, it's a, it's a great minor league deal. I mean, it just it, a guy who has done this in the past, I mean, it's a standard. I mean, every team in baseball does something is, like this. Is signing a Stephen Piscotty type because they fit a bill, which is you can call him up for two weeks, you know, if he strikes gold, you can keep him. He could play multiple positions, which is one of the things that the Giants will continue to have to do until their farm system gets off the schneid. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the Piscotti deal at all. Because A, it is riskless, as you say, and B, it has a chance of working out. Working out, of course, being a relative term, but it has a chance of not harming them. So, it's fine. By the way, have you seen Farhan is uh, calling his shot? He thinks he's got a lineup that is brimming with power. And I don't know. Is that about, what he said? Brimming? No, 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 no. I said that. Okay. I'll tell you exactly what he said. Reported by uh, NBC Sports Angelina Martin. She says, uh, or, or she quoted Farhan as saying, one of the strengths of our 23 team, we think, is going to be power, 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 power. I added the echo the for echo, effect. Yeah, I assumed as much. Uh, we got three guys who've had 30 plus home run seasons who we think can do that again. We have like four or five guys who have hit 20 and a couple more who have hit between 18 and 19. So we feel like we're going to be right at the top of the league in power. 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 <laughs> Are you talking from the bathroom now? Uh, Farhan believes that off-season additions such as Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto, along with returnees Jacques Peterson, Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis, and Mike Yastrzemski, just to name a few, will put the Giants in a powerful position. Now, Conforto missed all of last year with shoulder surgery. He did average 29 homers per season between 2017 and 2019 when he was with the New York Mets. Again, being completely overlooked in that lineup because they had actual guys that you would pitch around to get to Michael Conforto where he ate well once you pitched around whoever you were pitching around to get to him. Uh, Hanniger is only one season removed from a 39 home run campaign. I'll give him that much. Look, during their 107 win season, the Giants were second in all of baseball in home runs with 241 and believe it or not they were still in the top half of the league last year when they came in 12th in all baseball with 183 they did not pass the eye test in terms of that's a powerful lineup but in a weird way as I'm trying to make fun of this team in a segment I can't help but admit you know we might be onto something there <laughs> it's really weird the Giants are going to be an oddly uninspiring, but maybe on the down low kind of fun because you never saw it coming, even though you can maybe see it coming, a little bit of a baseball team. I got them coming in like 85 wins, Ray. Decidedly third place behind two teams that are decidedly better. 
but just average enough to keep poking around an expanded wild card field. Watch them. In a year that a lot of people have measured dead on arrival, actually arriving and playing a little decent baseball before the year's over. Would you put it past them? 85 seems optimistic to me. It's four more games than they won last year. Yeah, I don't think they're four games better. And I still think their biggest problem is not power. Their biggest problem is pitching. They don't have enough starters. And they, they have to reconstruct their bullpen, which was not very good last year. Because there's been no Giants team that has ever won anything in this town, in either ballpark, in any of the three ballparks, without pitching and defense. And they were profoundly average in the latter two things. Below average defensively last year. Yeah, well, until the end. They, they kind of made their numbers, they gussied up their numbers a bit at the end. But still, you know, them hitting home runs, I mean, two years ago, they, they were sensational. But they also had a great bullpen and they had a deep rotation. Right, and everyone just, I don't know how they did it, but collectively decided, hey, let's all have our one last career year all at the same time, everyone. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, they, they again, they won by pitching well and catching the ball. The balls that got hit. They didn't do that nearly as well last year. If they don't fix that, then they're going to be 80 and 82. Someone here from the 650 on the Xfinity Mobile text line says, you know, Farhan has just sucked the passion out of this fan base. It doesn't matter if they overachieve either. The fan base will not support this roster. Well, I'll tell you that uh, that might be an overwhelming agreed upon feeling now. Let them win 10 in a row at any one point during the early year. Yeah, everyone's going to hop on the bandwagon. I'm going to tell you right now, Mitch Anniger is going to be a guy, if he actually shows up and plays well, you're going to like. They will glom- This team, this town, will glom on to a bunch of guys that ain't really worth glomming on to if they can get a little entertainment out of them. If it's a level of torture along the way, don't tell me that fans won't sign up for that too, because they have. Baseball fans are very easy to abuse. <laughs> They're very easy, easy to play with their emotions. Um, some places, yes. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates would have to go 145 and 17 to draw two million people. Mm. They're just—they've had enough. They've been beaten around enough times. The Giants in 2021 had one of their best years ever by any standard. And they still, you know, struggled to fill the ballpark on a routine basis. And last year, they almost never did. So I think it's probably going to take a long time before people look at this team and believe in it. And that means at least four months, and by then the summer's gone. So I think it might be a whole year before people get excited about these guys again. And look, somebody here has a good point saying 85 wins is just 85 wins. Nobody cares about this roster. It's an insult based on what they're charging. Now, that's two totally different topics. What they're charging to go in there and enjoy a day of baseball is extraordinary based on what they're actually offering you in terms of star power in a lineup. But they, that wasn't going to change no matter what. Like, prices don't go down anywhere. No, they they go down when you are so awful that you're drawing 2,000. And I'll say this. There are going to be a lot of readily available, easy-to-come-by tickets on the secondary market this year. So if you're paying full bore for ticket prices now, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. 
this is a year where you do not need to be a season ticket holder. No, but you should be going one-offs. But it isn't just tickets. It's parking the car. It's buying the $12 hot dog and the $22 beer. Yep. It's all the ancillary stuff that gets you to, because they never miss a trick when it comes to separating you and your wallet. So it's not just the ticket price. You can get a $5 ticket and sit somewhere in the ballpark. But if you foolishly don't eat and drink before you get to your seat, they'll still nick you up. Absolutely. So, I mean, I baseball fans, you know, when they are on the boil, they'll fill your place. But once they go off the boil, it takes a long time to get them back on. Because buying tickets is a habit. And especially now that baseball has done such a poor job of promoting walk-up crowds. You know, you never get... The whole idea of having an afternoon day a, a day game is, hey, we've been going good for a couple of weeks. You know, why don't you just skip the rest of work and come on out and just have an afternoon with your pals? Nobody wants to do that anymore because it means they've got to figure out how many more ushers to hire for the day. And nobody's good at that anymore. So, And half the downtown of San Francisco is yet to return to downtown San Francisco, which means you're fishing from a smaller pond That's also to true. begin with. Yeah, but I mean, the point is... If you want to rekindle San Francisco's love affair with the Giants, and I'm, that's probably overstating it, you need to make a a product that people want to drop, you know, drop work to go see, and two, want to spend a Saturday, you know, taking the family and spending three hundred dollars. Those are two big asks, and that's what's required of them because. Baseball is baseball is struggling in general in terms of getting people out to the ballpark. And it's especially struggling when you can't f- make them fall in love with you in a year in which you win, win 107 games. Somebody says $80 parking. Look, if you're paying $80 to park at that ballpark for anything other than a playoff game, you're a straight-up bridge and tunnel sucker. I mean, you got to learn downtown San Francisco. you got to know where to ditch your car within walking distance and get a good price and a nice little walk going to the ballpark. I mean, that's some, that's, that's some straight-up sucker play right there. Um, you can still do public transit. You can still bring your own food into the ballpark. You can even sneak a little drink in there. Someone from the 415 wants to recommend. Look, here's what I know about baseball. As mad as I want to be at it, come any opening day based on what a team I care about did or didn't do, Right when we get to opening day, I'm ready. I love baseball. Always have. Always will. Can't get enough of it. And it's the one sport where I've really realized that it's not the winner-take-all game that we make the NBA and the Warriors dynastic run out to be. It's just not. Like, you can go to a baseball game, watch your team lose, and if it was a pretty afternoon and you had a good time, it doesn't matter. You always get another game coming tomorrow. There was another one just yesterday. I love how disposable the year is, right until things get really important, and then it becomes a precious resource that you're running out of. That's kind of the fun of baseball. Look, the National League West is going to be fascinating this year. Whether the Giants are participating in it in a relevant way or not, you got two of the best teams in all baseball sitting here that the Giants are going to be chasing. The Padres basically have added Fernando Tatis Jr. back from suspension and Xander Bogarts to a full season of Juan Soto, Manny Machado, and Jake Cronenworth. Like, that's a big boy two through six right there. Bob Melvin Bob Melvin might not have the deepest pitching, but he's got a daddy of a lineup to roll out every single day. The Dodgers 
are the greatest National League West winning machine ever assembled. Like the only time they haven't won in the division in the last decade is when they won 106 games. That's amazing, isn't it? The only time they haven't won a division, their own division, is the year that they won 106, a franchise record. The Giants clipped them with 107. That's amazing. Uh, This remains their division until the Padres take it. Will they? Is this the year? That's the question in this division all year long. The Giants, look, they're squatting on wildcard hopes come opening day. 84 to 86 wins feels like everyone played great all at the same time and a miracle happened to get you to 84 or 86 wins. We'll see. Arizona's sneaky interesting, Ray. Sneaky interesting. They got decent pitching. Kentel Marte, Christian Walker, Jake McCarthy, Evan Longoria. Big bounce back year for Longoria. No, I'm just, we're not selling that. The Rockies have thanks for coming written all over them on opening day. They always do. But I, someone's like, what are you talking baseball already? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad baseball season's around the corner. Yeah, I, it, I like baseball. It, un, un, is it Nahigian? What? Asking you why you're talking baseball already? No. Then tell the guy to go to hell. Go to hell. See? That was easy. Thanks for the advice, Ray. That was great. I'm Don't, here to help. It was very, very heartwarming. By the way, yeah, I don't know what you're looking at with it. Texas Ross with the uh, with the Diamondbacks everyday lineup, but it's got some serious stink to it. It does, but I will trade you the entirety of the Diamondbacks roster for the entirety of the Giants roster right now. Who's got the better team at the end of that trade? It's about a wash, but you got a wash with old guys. You at least get an Arizona wash with some youngsters. Okay, let's go down their list. Well, we don't have time. We'll no, do it sure we do. Commercial break. Yeah, let's do an, a segment of Diamondbacks lousy lineup. Actually, we can probably end the show on a better note than that when we do. Come on back. How about advice, good life advice, from Chad Ochocinco? See, I'd rather talk about the Diamondbacks. He's got some good life advice for you, though, Ray, so stick around. I want to talk about Corbin Carroll. Oh, well then, we'll come back and do just that. Don't you go anywhere. Life advice and Corbin Carroll around the corner here on 95.7 The Game. We are brought to you here, Damon and Ratto, by 5-Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 53% 
15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is indeed a Monster Monday brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' comp law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Our guest joined us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Thanks so much to Tim Legler for joining us today. I was just poking around with Lucas asking him, you know, when are we going to talk to Peter King this week? When are we going to talk to Michael Irvin? Because obviously we're going to have both of those guys on ahead of the Super Bowl. But, like, I want them to be in Arizona. I don't want to be talking to Peter from his, you know, balcony in Brooklyn or Michael from his house in Dallas. I'd, I'd like to get them on site before they started relaying all the news and the excitement of the Super Bowl week that we're totally missing out on because the 49ers... Watch Brock Purdy's elbow disintegrate early in the NFC title game. They could give you all the news entombed in their closets. There's not going to be much news. No, there really isn't an awful lot of news. And someone says, Damon, we don't want to hear about baseball because the season's not still here. And the most popular sport in the country is at its absolute zenith. No, that's yeah. not how the Super Bowl works. It's not the absolute zenith of the NFL season. This is the end of the NFL season. And beyond that, you don't get to program the show, pal. So bite me. That's right. Well, I wasn't going to invite the audience to bite me, but I was going to say, you don't get to pick the music. No, no, you no. You don't get to pick no, the topics. No, no. The correct response is bite me. Oh, okay. If we wanted their opinion, we would have signed one to them already. See, here's someone who is a little bit more on board and picking up what we're laying down when they ask the question from the 510 on the Xfinity mobile text line. It is going to kind of be fun seeing the Padres and Dodgers fight each other the whole season. That Padres fan fest was ridiculous, by the way. What'd they get, like 50,000 people at Pekka? 70. 70. Wow. They had to cap off They had to cap off sales. In fairness, no football, no basketball, no hockey. Still, 70,000. That said, 70,000. That's, that's a lot. It's a lot of people who weren't going to see the Aztecs play. That's like, a, that's like doing the Cubs convention. That's a ton. It's an absolute ton. Uh, the Postman in Capitola says, Damon, did you or Ray watch any of the Pro Bowl games this week? I wouldn't watch the Pro Bowl 
being played in my own backyard. Therefore, I'm definitely not watching the Pro Bowl games. But I did see enough people saying, like, that was actually decent TV. So if you watched and you enjoyed, congratulations. To me, I'm, I'm not here for games that don't count. Year two, if they do the same format, which I'm sure they will, will be a lot less fun. Because most of most of people's appreciation, I, I would be willing to wager, was the fact they hadn't seen it before. And they also got to see Kirk Cousins in a winning situation. Good for him. Well, you know, I, look, I, I'm going to say this about Derek Carr. I'm going to be rooting for him no matter where his career ends up or lands. I, I like Derek Carr. But like the Raiders fans out there, like you seriously need to calm down because, you know, well, he looked great over the weekend. You know, like he was he was fantastic throwing in underwear to guys being defended by no one. <laughs> Who cares? Like, I, I really like Derek Carr. But the Pro Bowl precision passing thing that he won, like, shut up. They're, they're, it's, it's impressive in some ways, but in actual football ways, it's not applicable to anything that's ever mattered to him. The whole point was... Derek Carr, when the bullets really start firing, is, you know, maybe when he's at his worst. So when he's out there throwing against the line of scrimmage? No, Derek Carr is at his worst when he's playing for the Raiders. He's been on a series of bad teams with a few really good players on those bad teams. I'm not going to condemn him for any of it. I would like to see him before he retires to play on one good team while he's still got enough gas in the tank to see what kind of quarterback he could have been. Because he was never that in, in, in Oakland or Vegas. Derek Carr at the right price is a good starting quarterback. At the wrong price, he's part of the reason that you can't spend enough around him to have a good team. And the Raiders realize that, and they have until February 15th to find a trade partner, or they owe him his $40 million salary unless they cut him. That's not his fault. They're the ones who offered him that money. It's their job to give him an offensive line that will protect him and figure out a way to give him more targets than one wide receiver and one running back. And it's also their job to give him a defense so that he doesn't have to score five touchdowns a week. It'd probably be an easier way to go about winning football games. You should look into it. Um... I don't think there's going to be anything easy for the Golden State Warriors while Steph Curry is out. But it feels like they've got a win waiting for them tonight. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder against a team that is still made up of Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole and Kavon Looney. So defend your home court. Again, we've told you what the Warriors aren't any single chance we got. What they are is a good home team. They're good at home. So be good at home tonight. You're running out of excuses. You're running out of games. You're running out of games. They now have a fresh new excuse. They do have a fresh new excuse, but they're they're they are running out of games. And they spent way too much time peeing games away. And so now they are at the actual gots to win portion of their year, and they gotta go at what? At least the next six to nine games without Steph Curry. So good luck. Good luck. It feels like you're gonna need it just a little bit. If need be, cheat. What did I say we were going to come back and talk about? Oh, you wanted to talk about uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I, I'm over that now. You changed your mind? Yeah. Uh, what did I say, Grandy? Did I promise something that I'm not delivering? Oh, Ocho Cinco. That's right. I almost should say this to tomorrow, though. It's pretty good. 
If that means we leave a couple minutes early, I'm absolutely for it. Well, if I get into this, we might leave a couple minutes late. Oh, no, 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 no. So we'll save this. I'll leave in mid-sentence if I have to. Basically, I'll tell you right now that Ocho Senko was sitting down with Shannon Sharp on some sort of a podcast or something. And he basically said, look, the most valuable thing about me is me. Therefore, I didn't need to show up in a Ferrari. Like, who cares how you showed up? The whole point is you are here. He said, all of the money that I made in my career, like I still got an awful lot of it. Because you know what I didn't do? Going crypto. Yeah. Well, he didn't buy an $80,000 watch or $20,000 four-carat diamond earrings or anything like that. He said he, he always wore costume jewelry. He always wore fake jewelry. He's like, people assumed it was real because I'm Ocho Cinco. So unless you're going to like literally pull out a jeweler's monocle and start evaluating my cut clarity or carrots... The three C's of diamond buying, Ray. Um, it's it's brilliant. Did, did he? It's all your jewelry, costume jewelry, Ray. The ring cost me forty bucks. That's the extent of it. So I did when I originally got married buy a very expensive platinum wedding band that within two or three years I of course lost. And so this is like a titanium bad boy that wasn't even like $150. So like, do you want another platinum one? I'm like, no, I'm married. No, we're good. We're good. Now, if, if your wife wants you to have an expensive ring, she should have gone to the trouble of nail gunning it to your finger. Absolutely. That's what I told her. I said, honey. This is your fault. This is this must be your fault. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in today. This was an awful lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Ray had a, a degree of fun. Is that probably an oversell? 556. Coming up on the game next, we have a little Warriors Live with our pal John Dickinson ahead of Warriors and Thunder, brought to you by Fremont Bank for Mr. Sunshine uh, and Lucas and Grandy. I'm Damon. Thank you for listening. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.